0: Morning all, Wednesday, January 25, the Big Sports Breakfast on Sky Sports Radio and a very good morning to you wherever and however you are listening on Australia Day Eve. Public holiday tomorrow and uh, in here, we'll we'll be off, we'll be back on Friday, but uh, just reading here, there's going to be an unofficial trial. So we're just over five weeks till the start of the 2023 NRL season and uh, Manly are going to host the Dragons at Brookvale on Saturday, an unofficial trial, but uh, a pre season challenge. $100,000 up for grabs was confirmed in a statement by the NRL yesterday. Uh, last night in the big bash, well, the Renegades ensured they go through to the finals with a six wicket victory over the Adelaide Strikers. Aaron Finch in pretty good form, uh, player of the match after he clubbed 70 uh, odd the other day, he got 63 not out. And the strikers are out after that defeat. And in the Australian Open last night, we saw Stefanos Zitsipas through after he beat Yuri Lehechka in straight sets, although he had a bit of a moment late in the match where uh, he knocked the ball back into the advertising boarding at the back and uh, brought back memories of Novak Djokovic a couple of years ago at the US Open when he hit a ball kid and... uh, Well, he was chucked out of the tournament as a result, and he came pretty close there. Zitsi passed to potentially suffering the same fate, but he's through to the final four, along with Karen Kachinov, and also in the women's, Victoria Azarenka went through, and as did Alina Rybakina. But, uh, pup, morning to you, mate. How are you this day, is it? Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah.
1: Morning, Loz. Morning to our listeners, yeah. Uh, Some good tennis, once again. Um Plenty of BBL in the background for me last night. Good to see Finchie making runs. Um, Hasn't made a decision on his international T20 career. Um, Obviously retired from the one-dayers. But, yeah, he wanted to play this BBL before um, working out whether he was going to keep playing or retire from international T20 cricket. But he's in some good form now, which is is nice to see. But um, uh, just, again, watching the tennis last night still think Djokovic, Djokovic Loz is, is a class above what I'm seeing.
2: Yeah, morning boys, I think you're right. Um, mm. He said after that game against Demonor that he didn't feel his hamstring, he's fit, he's ready to go. And from what I saw in that game, he was just dynamic. He just made every shot uh, look so easy. But you look at guys like Sitsipas, um, got plenty of ability. They're going through... Um, you know these 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 group games winning. I just don't know whether they have got the class to beat Djokovic. Mm. I think he's going to have have to have an off day. Yeah, agree. For them to beat him, he's still at the top of his game. He's still a still a superstar. Um, and I know these other guys are young, and uh, you know they're getting the experience under their under their wings now. You know by playing in quarterfinals and. Semi-finals, but I just don't know whether I'll be good enough when it comes to the crunch. He's a
0: dollar thirty-seven, Djokovic. We tapped to win it. Rightly so. Yeah, he, fair enough. Who's be, honestly? Who's beating him? It's only if his body falls apart. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. that was the
2: big question mark, wasn't it? You know, we all thought he had a hamstring injury, but we've seen this in the past where he's had injuries and he's over to able to overcome them. But he just looks better and better every time you see him. He's not like a guy that gets old mm. and you can see signs <laughs> in their game that's like falling away. They look slower or yeah. they're not as accurate as they were or something goes in their game. Mm. He he just looks the same.
0: Like, I know I give him a serve, but he's on the verge of winning his 10th Australian Open. That is extraordinary. I mean... What, all the sideshow yeah. aside, he is incredible, freak of a
1: player. Yeah. What, what What's the ideal build you reckon for a for a tennis player? Like oh, you it, like the
2: tall ones, don't you? Oh, yeah, I, I try, but I look
1: like you look like you try and look now at if you're a youngster coming up. Like I think in all sport, if I think of cricket, for example, a cricketer is a lot fitter and stronger. Um, in a number of areas than even when I first started. And, I, and fitness has always been massive to me. But, you know, even some of the tests you do now, like, I, 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 w- I never ran like they run. We never we never did weights, for example. Like, when I played, I was, I was 74, 75 kilos. Where now I'm 84 kilos. Yeah. And I think I'm, I'd still like to be, if I was playing for Australia now, I'd probably like to be this weight. Mm. So I wonder as a tennis player, and again, you look at someone like Serena Williams, Is big, powerful, strong. You know, is that, if you're a youngster, looking up to someone like Serena, is that the build you want to be, to be as strong and powerful as you can? Or is it, you know, look at Djokovic's, how lean is he?
2: Lean, but they're fit. They're so fit. There, yeah, he's got so much power massive. as well. And just the ability to, um, you know, last... Long distances Mm. in games and matches, but yet the speed that you need to cover the court in short, sharp bursts, yeah, like go up and back across the court. Um, you know, but you're on your feet, you could be on your feet for four, five hours, six hours in some cases in a game of tennis. Not not only is that draining physically, but mentally, Mentally and then back up and and then two days later. later. Start a game. You got to go again. Ten o'clock at night yep. or something like that. Yep. Whatever happens in the past is gone. you you just got to focus on the present, and you can imagine mm. how sore your body would be. You would think at thirty-five. I think Djokovic is. Geez. Yeah, mm. well, you know, to go through yeah, it all the time what, for yeah. so many years, I suppose they you know, get used to it. But mm. still, you've got to look after your body. And that's the other. And that's that's thought, again. You use that word.
1: Use that word. Greatness. I think longevity is a massive part of that. You know, the fact you can do it uh week after week through a season, but then season after season, like Djokovic's record is phenomenal. The fact he yeah. you know, yeah, he's had some injuries, but he hasn't missed that much tennis all of those through guys, his career. Federer, Federer Nadal, yeah. yeah.
2: All of those guys that have played yeah. for a long period of time. Yeah. You just gotta take your hat off to them.
1: Can you see Kyrgios Nick Kyrgios being that long term like is, nah, is he nah. is he still is he still playing at thirty-five, no, I'd be no shocked. way in the world. Yeah, no. I, 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 he's in and out. You're I would never three hundred to one. Yeah, I would never say. <laughs> I would never say
2: he couldn't win a grand slam because I think he's talented enough and yeah. he's been to a final of a grand slam before. But I don't think he could beat well, Djokovic down a final. I, I don't think he could beat Djokovic in a final. I think he's capable of beating him in the early rounds of a of a uh, tournament, but. No, I, I couldn't see him having longevity in the career at all.
0: On be the curious. text line, and uh, fire them in, 0419767272. Um, Morty Boys, did you hear the Zitzi Pass post-match interview last night yet? Yeah, he'll be a crowd favourite for many years to come after that when playing in Australia. Well, he basically he put out a call to hopefully one day meet Margot Robbie. There you go. He said one of his favourite favourite actresses actually comes from Australia. <laughs> We better head over to the states. So uh, <laughs> she's, she's here
1: for about three minutes,
0: <laughs> and then she'll be gone again. Yeah, and it uh, wouldn't, just wouldn't said, be
1: too many people that wouldn't want to meet her. I no, would imagine
0: I wouldn't at all.
1: Yeah. Mm.
0: Anyway, he said, uh, "Yeah, he said he wanted to be crystal clear. Absolutely, he wants to meet her. There you go." So that was his post-match interview last night. But he's through to the final four, uh, Loz, What do you make of this pre-season challenge? So. 18 clubs will be involved. It will include St Helens as well. Uh, so, clubs have a chance to win 100 grand under a point system over two weeks, over the two trials for each club, two official trials. Uh, so, 12 points allocated for a win, six if it's a draw, and there's bonus points. So, you can get a bonus point for scoring five or more tries, making five or more line breaks or achieving 10 or more offloads. So the maximum any team can get in their one match is 15 points. And for that first trial, squads are capped at 28. And for the second trial or the second week of them, 26 in a squad allowed.
2: Well, obviously they want to make the preseason games a bit more meaningful and a bit more entertaining. Um, And, you know, I don't mind innovation in these type of circumstances. Um, I don't know whether it will make it more um, interesting or, or more competitive because I know coaches, what they're aiming to do is just have their teams ready to go in round one. Um, I know when they always had the preseason challenges in the past, um, you know, it was seen as a competition that you wanted to win. The coaches didn't put all their eggs into the one basket. It was all about the start of the competition and having yourself ready to go in round one. So I I think the fact that they're televised, I think the fact that they're limiting the squads, I think, to 18 players. Uh, You know, you see trials these days where you have, you know, up to 30 players being used.
0: Well, it's 18 for the World Club Challenge.
2: Oh, World Club Challenge, is it? Yeah, yeah, for the World Club
0: Challenge. But the other two trials there, 28 for the first week, 26 for the second.
2: 26 for the second Mm. week. So um, you'll still have players running on and off. And I I think any time you can get these games to be a bit more interesting, a bit more competitive, you know, so be it. But I, I still think in the back of the mind, the clubs will be thinking more about game one. They're not thinking about that $100,000 $100, purse that you possibly could win. And, and they're not going to go out there and play more attractive football because there's $100,000 on the line. They're going out there to play to the system and structures that they've
0: practised in the preseason. Was it the old World Sevens laws at the Parramatta Stadium? Back in the day, back uh, in the, that was
2: ninety eight was uh, eighty eight was the first one at Parramatta yeah. Stadium. Went for and a then few they changed years, it. Didn't it, yeah. Then they changed it to the footy stadium. Okay, yep. But the first one, I think we made the final in eighty eight. Pretty sure we did. I think was it's it our was a, one.
0: What, what was it like playing in? Oh, it was it because it, it was, was great because still it was very much pre-season. Well, it
2: was, but you
0: enjoyed capacity. doing it. Well, you enjoyed doing it's it tested. because you got out of
2: training, yeah, basically. It, it, and and you trained a bit that week for the sevens you played the sevens um, it was football you were getting uh, contact you know you get bored in pre-season by the end of it you've had enough you just want to get out there and yeah. play and you can do pose sessions but they're not the same yeah. well certainly in our day it wasn't the same as getting out there and playing a trial or a sevens game against opposition that you really didn't know that well you've got pressure as well like the, the pressure of winning versus losing it's like us having yeah. a
1: center wicket against each other you might be facing great bowlers because you're facing these yeah. you know your own attack but even if you get that compared to a club game i'd take a club game yeah. any day of the week because you got that pressure if you nick it you're out you out. gotta walk off the field yeah. In a, you know
2: if you make a mistake in a game of football yeah a try can be scored against exactly so, right. you, whereas at training, it doesn't really no, mean anything field, to you. It's different
0: feeling, isn't it? Yeah. 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 agree. Yeah, you're right. You got beat by Souths in the final in the Souths in
2: the final, yeah. I thought so. Hmm. I remember one year we played Fiji at the footy stadium. and Had some I, gas? Oh, I had some gas. I, I, they, I, I, was, I think I was playing on the left wing. I was playing on the left wing because I remember one of the players got the ball And I thought, I'll show him the sideline. And I'll just do a side-on tackle. (laughs) You showed him all right. Showed him all right. (laughs) He just burnt. Uh, I went, wow. uh, This guy's fast. (laughs) This guy's fast. (laughs) Then the next time he got the ball... I reckon I showed him about only two metres at the sideline. Uh -uh. I didn't show him six or ten metres at the sideline. You learnt your lesson. I learnt my lesson very quickly.
0: Back pages of the Telegraph and the Australian, $40 million hotspot, critics are wasting energy. Cummins is the headline there in the Australian Cummins, stop bagging green passion. So uh, the Australian captain, Pat Cummins, has spoken to Robert Craddock in the News Corp press. And, uh, well, he's just described as complete rubbish as he's opened up on... Well, the criticism that he copped where you know the idea at the time that he had a big say in Cricket Australia, cutting ties with Linter Energy, a sponsorship that was said to be worth $40 million. And he just says, look, it's one of those moments. You've got to live with people's opinions, that he's not doing things to please absolutely everyone. And it just really doesn't bother him. And uh, he just, again, reiterated, he's not going to completely leave his values at the door. So, uh, again, I guess, Pup, new generation stuff isn't it stuff that you I'm sure as captain you wouldn't have probably gone down that path but a different era
1: yeah I I think players have always been entitled to uh, make their own decisions around their own personal sponsors um but yeah through my time we were never there was never a conversation with James James Sutherland and myself or Mike McKenna who was um head of marketing at the time in regards to what sponsors cricket Australia was going to go and sign, you know, we had a number of sponsors. I think at one stage we had 26 cricket Australia. So, you know, part of your contract was you got to go and do marketing for them. You might be on a billboard. You might do a TVC. You might, um, have to turn up and, um, you know, do an activation with with kids or parents or whatever it was. They they did the deal, and you did as you told. That was part of your your contract. Um, but yeah, like a lot of things now, I think there's um, obviously a lot more freedom and room to to voice your opinion on on, on some of those things. Um, you know, I, I remember it. There was a there was a I think it was Kentucky Fried Chicken. I think that was our one of our major sponsors for T twenty or something, and a couple of players didn't want to. Um, didn't want to be linked to that um, because, of, because of the type of food and they were very keen on an on a extremely healthy lifestyle and, um, you know, that was the first conversation I can remember any of the players having um, with Cricket Australia about, you know, what they do want to do or not want to do around the marketing side of things. But, yeah, I think at that stage, players just were told pretty much if you, if you want to be paid by the companies so or if you want your Cricket Australia contract to be the amount it is, then, you know, if the company wants you, you go and do it. I'll have a zinger combo. I certainly wasn't saying no to the KFC thing. All in moderation. Mido. I could do a zinger right now. It's a sign of
2: the times, though, isn't it? It sounds like players want to be included in every decision that's made now in any sporting organisation. Well, well,
0: it's just political statements as a whole, isn't it, Uh, these days? Yep. The players what well, we see. I think we're going to get used to it I think it's this is exactly right. this is
2: the path we're going down it's not yep. go, they're not going to go backwards from no, doing it now. exactly right. probably
0: the main political issue you were probably face with Clark he was Zimbabwe I guess probably at the time
2: to go or not to, to go To go
0: or not to go yeah I think Stuart McGill didn't go oh, on I, one was a, stage, I was a, I was the Mugabe regime obviously. I went
1: I was a part of the one day series I wasn't a part of the test series so I think McGill pulled out um, was there one other player that might have pulled out of the test Oh, Mitchell the, Johnson, actually, no, it wasn't Mitchell. It was before Mitchell's time. But I don't think the test matches actually went ahead.
0: No, I, I think you're right. I think right. McGill pulled just out, some but, one days. but
1: then they ended up getting canned, and then we still went for, um, for the one day series. And I think I still think there was a couple of players out of that one day series mm. that didn't go as well. But yeah, I, I, again, I was I was very I was a baby then. Um, I, I think a lot of. You got a lot of good, a lot of good people and experts around you when you're playing sport at the highest level. So, you know, we would have conversations around every Indian trip or uh, Sri Lanka, Pakistan, um, like you say, Zimbabwe, and and. You've got people and experts that are reporting back to Cricket Australia to let you know if it is safe or if it's not safe. And my theory, my personal theory, was always these guys are in this world every single day. So if they are saying it's safe to go, then I'm happy to go. If they're saying, you know, you shouldn't go, then I was happy to take their advice as well. And and that didn't matter um, what country it was. If, it, if the experts are saying we believe it's safe enough and they put all the things in place, then – I just backed that judgment because it's it's very hard mm. to sit here from a distance when you're not in something every single day and keeping an eye on it. Uh, for me, I found it hard to make that decision. So I just backed whatever they thought was best for the team. Um, Rightio, we're going. Let's go. And ideally, you want the whole team to go, but you also understand and respect that everyone's at different stages of their lives. Some people are, you know, are studying and monitoring this a lot more than others as well. So, I think that freedom needs to be there. Like to play cricket for Australia, it's it's an invitation. You get a contract. You don't need to sign it. You know, every tour is there's, there's, there's a tour contract. You don't have to go if you don't want to. You give somebody else the opportunity. Mm. Um, so you make your decision, and yeah. I think, but 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 the one thing I've always said about the sponsorship the sponsorship stuff: um, if you want the money, you got to do the work.
0: Uh, tough little cookie has a field day on the back page of the Daily Telegraph as well, and in, in I guess talking about political statements, Ash Gardner uh, criticised Cricket Australia for scheduling a 2020 international between Australia and Pakistan on Australia Day tomorrow. And uh, yesterday, she was part of the side which uh, will smash Pakistan in the first T20 international. Pace bowler Megan Schutt took five for fifteen from her four overs there at North City Oval as the Aussies beat Pakistan by eight wickets with 38 balls remaining in that match. And uh, Schutt described her teammate Ash Gardner as a tough little cookie as she's copped plenty of criticism for her remarks on uh, well, all the regular, I guess, uh, media channels for her. Uh, comments there the other day also back page of the city boarding herald a whole new ball game so the ball was unveiled in spectacular fashion Uh, It was taken via helicopter across the city a giant football soccer ball and uh, eventually planted over i think near bondi somewhere as uh, well the countdown to the women's world cup later this year firmly underway one of the big sporting events and great to have it here in australia Year later this year, but this other story in the back page of the Herald, no Australian plan for above-waist tackle ban. So, the Rugby Football Union, the governing body of English rugby, has announced plans to lower the legal tackle height to the waist in, well, third-level competition, so down to the amateur game. So, in amateur rugby union in the UK can only tackle below the waist, which is... I mean that is just over the top laws, impractical, not how contact sport works, particularly in rugby or rugby league. I mean, how where does this end?
2: Well, I don't know where it ends, but this is the start of it because we know the impact that head injuries are, um, you know, creating. Um, you know, there's stories around the world about the implications of if you suffer too many head injuries, the impact that you uh, you have later on in life. Um, we saw what happened over there in America with American football being sued. Um, and obviously organisations are, are very concerned about the impact it may have on their sport uh, going forward with litigation. Um, the thing about playing you know, contact sports is that it's going to be very difficult just to continue to tackle around the waist because there's certain situations that's just unavoidable
0: well in rugby too it's all about body height as players get close to the try line mm. and they get their body height down or you, how, how are you going to get in under a big fella get him by the waist and stop him from scoring a try I mean it's absolutely ridiculous
2: well that's the problem Bitter. I don't know whether they've thought it through I don't oh. know whether there's any difference if you're running upright compared to if you bend over mm. you know, what are you supposed to do if someone's going in low to score a try just let, just him let, go let them over. go Just Yeah. Just, oh, well, I can't tap Grand like, final. Game on the him. line.
0: There you go, mate. Or you know. yours. I, I know
2: it's only the lower level, but Touch. in theory go it's good. take. But practically how they're going to do it.
0: Interesting year in golf with the golfing war continuing, of course. We've got Gowie on this morning. We'll speak to him for the first time this year. At least we will. Uh, just after 7 o'clock this morning, just reading a report, a uh, big couple of tournaments this week so on the DP World Tour you've got the Dubai Desert Classic and on the PGA Tour the Farmers Insurance Open uh, there at Torrey Pines in California at San Diego there but uh, just reading from the Irish Independent that Patrick Reed has thrown a tee at Rory McIlroy uh, according to this report in the Irish Independent in disgust after McIlroy appeared to ignore uh, Reed's efforts just to say hello there at uh, the Emirates Golf Club in Dubai and, of course, Reed, who's a bit of a villain, uh, has... Uh, well, he moved to the Live Tour, didn't he? So uh, the, the animosity continues in golf. And uh, where that all ends up is going to be a story of 2023. Uh, no doubt about that. Just uh, on the text line here from Buddha. Morning, boys. lost do you remember playing sevens in Fiji at the end of 93? There was the Raiders, Cradulla Wests, a few teams from Fiji, two other fine teams, the Hills Hawks from memory. Uh, The mighty East Canberra Tigers. The field was like playing on the Hume Highway. The temperature about 40 degrees in the shade. (laughs) The Fijians were like talking rocks. Cheers, Buddha, sending that one through. Buddha,
2: you know what? I can't remember too much of it, but it would have been warm, as you pointed out, but the grounds over there, are they're very hard, rock hard, and you don't want to get tackled on them. It was all a bit of fun. It was all about the... uh, after-hours activities, I suppose you could call it. <laughs> mm. Mm. After no the doubt. season over there. As you do. Oh, yeah. Little trip over to Fiji. Holiday? Lovely. Paid people. holiday? They're lovely people, the Fijians. They love their football. And we were lucky when we had Noah Andruku playing for us because everyone loved Noah. And you'd go to Fiji with him. Amazing. Oh, yeah. They everyone just... loved him here as well. Oh. Isn't it amazing? Like, what they can do for their their countries. Mm players like Noah and we see what happened with Samoa with the Rugby League World Cup you know they've just united that nation and get them supporting the game of rugby league and they've become heroes back there
0: in their own country uh Mick from Newcastle says Loz don't feel bad about getting burnt when you were talking about playing in the sevens against a Fijian side back in the 90s uh Mick from Newcastle says, I showed Bubba Kennedy about five metres, so I took one step and he was ten metres past me. (laughs) He's a good player, Uh, Bubba. Played for Balmain. Balmain,
2: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Very good player. But it's amazing in in the game of league where you think you've got someone covered and then all of a sudden they put the afterburners on and they just smash you. And you get very, very embarrassed, Mitter.
0: Now, I think he's been playing... There in uh, my area, in the Woodbridge Cup, actually, Bubba Kennedy. And Bubba Eby still. Eby yeah, close 50, to 50, 50
2: not
0: Yeah. Um, I think he was playing for Molong, actually. Well, there you go. Yeah. Still running around. There you go. Uh, give us a call, thirteen fifty three fifty three. Send us a text zero four one nine seven six seven two seven two. 767 uh, Now, just saw last night on the news, Ryan Pappenhausen speaking in uh, his trip to the US. He says... Uh, was the best thing he's done in his career. And he says his recovery is all about ticking off small goals along the way. So his return date is very much to be determined, Ryan Pappenhouse. But he's still not actually running. horrendous
2: injury because he shattered his kneecap. So there were all just different parts of the knee shattered. And then, of course, you're trying to place them back together... Then get yourself back to be able to walk. Then you go from walking to running, being able to do that properly. And then, as we all know, like, if you're not running or you're not aligned properly with your legs and your ankles and your hips and groins and back, you could suffer different injuries to soft tissue. And then he just needs to take his time and just get his rehab done and see wherever that falls. And if he's available to come back mm. within 12 months, he's probably yes, made a, yeah. a really good return. I wouldn't expect Ryan Pappenhausen to be playing before probably round six or seven. Mm. And I think he's just got I'm sure to take Sure, he would have
1: taken that time. six months ago as well. Oh, he would have signed that contract. Yeah. The other thing as well is like the doctors and, and physios, they, they, they know because they've seen injuries before. They've got a rough idea how long something takes. But everyone's body's different as well. You know, so yes you got your rehab to get back out onto the park, but then you don't know what's gonna happen then your first training session, mm-hmm. you know, or first contact session. Yeah. Like you don't know how your body's gonna react and that's the other thing. We all every day you're getting older. So you know, because of you know, you're you're walking a certain way, as Loz is mentioning, because you're protecting a, a knee or a calf or whatever it is, mate, you can you do you can do damage to the other side, you tweak your back because you, you're out of position, out of alignment. Like, there's so many things that go into your rehab just to get onto the park. That's before that, That's in cricket. That's no no contact. That's before you, you know, even think about the bowler then letting the ball go, and now I've got to react. So, uh,
2: yeah, I think you're right. I think at the moment, he's just got to go one day at a time. What do you think about it? Your kneecap has been shattered. So you've got to put it all back together. So you can imagine... Yeah. How they've done that? There would have been pins and bolts and screws, everything, yeah. Yeah. plates, and yeah, then exactly there'd be right. it'd be sort of just causing irritation. It, it, you know, you wouldn't have the strength. You you'd yeah. be struggling with confidence. He's not a big you'd bloke. Be, you'd either. be thinking it's going to sh- you know, shatter again. Yeah. Mentally, it'd be tough. So, yeah. I, yeah. I, I think if he got back before yeah round six or seven, he's done remarkably well.
0: Yeah. Hello, Dick. Boys, how we doing? Yeah, really well, thanks. And uh, we're getting to the pointy end, aren't we, of this NFL season. And let's firstly review these two games that we previewed when we had you on a couple of days ago. Uh, now, the fallout for Buffalo I'm curious about in particular because Cincinnati really bossed that game and won 27-10 to 10 in Buffalo to go back to the AFC Championship game. But the Bills, Dick, they were favorites in the betting markets for much of the season and uh, they've fallen short once again.
3: They certainly did. They were my pick to win the Super Bowl with you guys back in August. And uh, they had a wonderful regular season. Could not parlay that into the playoffs. And I think uh, one of the reasons was their inability and and also lack of desire to run the football, guys. I mean, they got behind in this game. And there was a sense of... You just feel a palpable sense of panic. And when you have... Super Bowl or bust aspirations like the Bills have had all season long, like they had all of last year, the pressure starts to mount. And I think the pressure mounted on this football team as they got behind in this game. And you can still come back from two scores down by running the football. In fact, I think that's the preferable way of coming back. Not panicking, not trying to get it all back at once. It's, it's very similar to a basketball team being down, 15 points. It doesn't mean you have to hoist threes every single play to try to get back into the game. you got to get back in slowly, methodically, get the momentum back. And Buffalo just did not try to do that, didn't even attempt to run the ball, guys. Josh Allen was their leading ball carrier with eight carries and 26 yards. They only handed the ball to a running back 11 times the whole game, and you just cannot win football games that way. That result, if you would have told me that Cincinnati was going to win the game, I wouldn't have been particularly surprised. If you told me they were going to win by 17, I would have been shocked. I'm very surprised how that game ended up, at least in the in the margin of victory for Cincinnati. Yeah, Dick, I see it the other way,
2: mate. I, I reckon the fact that DeMar Hamlin um, you know, nearly died, I, I think yeah. that took a lot out of the Bills. Mm-hmm. I really did. I, I, I think it would be hard as a player – to sit there and go through all those emotions that they went through and then have to play the following week. And I thought they were rusty, uh, understandably so, that week before. And I just think it all emotionally took its toll on Mm. them.
3: Oh, I don't disagree with you at all. I mean, I I think that definitely did. And you just didn't know how the team was going to respond, right? Mm. I mean, the optimists, and I was trying to be an optimist throughout this whole uh, situation, just saying, okay, they're going to rally behind this. They're going to win it for Damar. But, but psychology takes over, and I think you're exactly right. I think, uh, I think that, was, that was something that really exacerbated the situation. But even had the Damar Hamlin incident not taken place, this lack of a running game is a fatal flaw for Buffalo, and uh, it may have cost them anyway. But, uh, no, your point is very well taken.
0: In the other game, nineteen twelve, the 49ers over the Cowboys. And, uh, well, I think Dak Prescott, after he played so well the week before, just didn't quite stand up in this game. Did he? Brock Purdy, the rookie quarterback for the Niners, got the job done. The fallout for the Cowboys in particular out of this one, I'm sure there's been plenty of uh, criticism and commentary.
3: (laughs) Well, the the Cowboys are a very polarizing organization. I mean, they are called America's team. I think that's pretty silly because uh, they may have been America's team from 1970 to 1990, but they certainly haven't been America's team over the last 30 years. Uh, They don't even have an appearance in the NFC Championship game since, since 1995, so... Uh, Dak Prescott has taken uh, a lot of heat, and, you know, Dak is a good quarterback, but Dak is nothing more than a good quarterback, and I think any, you know, particularly hardcore Cowboy fans who just, uh, you know, think that uh, everything the Cowboys do is correct, I mean, they they rested their future on Dak Prescott and decided to pay Dak elite money, and I'm sure we've talked about this, in, you know, when it, when it happened year, years ago, and I just... I just never understand teams, particularly in salary cap leagues like football, like the NBA, why you would pay good players elite money. And especially at the quarterback position that takes up such a percentage of the cap and it's only going to get worse for the Cowboys and Dak. He's going to make $49 million against the cap next year. It's the second highest paid quarterback to Patrick Mahomes. And uh, the Cowboys are in deep trouble because they have a good, not great quarterback that they are paying elite money, and that is costing them at other positions. And uh, they certainly fell short of San Francisco. That one, that particular result was not a surprise to me this weekend.
2: What about the talk about the coach, Mike McCarthy? Um, I I don't know. There's been some talk that he's not the right fit. He doesn't make great decisions. But do you think he survives, Dick? And is he the right bloke to take the Cowboys forward?
3: I don't think he is. Yeah. <laughs> I never have been a big Mike McCarthy fan, uh, but Jerry Jones gave him a vote of confidence. Now, Jerry Jones, uh, you know he he can he can change directions like like a flag on a windy day. So I mean, Jerry Jones can still pull the trigger on Mike McCarthy if he wishes. But usually, those decisions are made very soon after the season. We don't see a coach fired normally weeks after the season ends. We usually see a coach fired days after a season ends. So um, it it doesn't appear at this point like uh, that's going to happen. But I cannot imagine if they have another season next year, which they absolutely should. They should fall short next season. They're not going to be better. As I just mentioned, Dak makes so much more money. They can only go as far as they did this year, which is you know a 12-4 and 4 season, that's a great regular season. Can they parlay that in the playoff success? I just don't think they can. I think probably uh, if he does retain his job this year, which it looks like he will, uh, I think this will be the last year that Mike McCarthy coaches the Cowboys.
0: Okay, let's preview these championship games. And uh, two absolute belters, aren't they going to be? Now, I'll start yeah. with the AFC, Dick, because the betting market, wow, this has switched. Kansas City, a two dollar fifteen outsiders with us here at tabs. Cincinnati, a dollar seventy favorites going into Kansas City. The lines now two and a half. Kansas City, the plus. Uh, this opened the other way around, so this tells you this market tells you that can
3: uh, the Patrick Mahomes ankle must yeah. be very very dodgy. Well, it's certainly enough to to change that market quite considerably. Now, everything we are hearing out of Kansas City is positive. Everything we're hearing is that uh, hey, he's he's had a, a high ankle sprain before. This one's not as bad as that one. Uh, they're asking him on a daily basis how he feels. He says, you know, it's feeling better than I thought it was going to feel. So um, I don't know if that's just optimism and wishful thinking. Patrick Mahomes certainly won't be. 100 percent there's no question about that you can't fully heal from a high ankle sprain in one week but can Patrick Mahomes still be effective I think he can I think he was reasonably effective in the in the second half of the game this last weekend I still think he can be effective in this game and and maybe just maybe you're getting some pretty good value on the Kansas City Chiefs if you are one of those people that still feel like Patrick Mahomes can be 80 90 percent of his uh, normal magic
2: yeah. Uh, so how do, they, how do they shut down Joe, uh, Joe Burrow then, Dick? I mean, what, what do they have to do? How, how much pressure can they get on him? And he's, obviously, he's the key for, for Cincinnati. But if you were choosing quarterbacks for the future, do you go Mahomes or do you go Burrows? Well, we don't know well, about I've had this great, conversation.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Patrick Mahomes is the more talented player. I think there's there's things that Patrick Mahomes does that we've never seen in the NFL before. Just uh, the magical ways that he gets out of trouble, the different arm angles, the pitches, the tosses, the underhand throws. I mean, he finds ways to get receivers the ball that no other quarterback has ever found ways to get receivers the ball. That being said, Joe Burrow is a spectacular pocket passer and maybe a more cleaner you know think about it as as maybe a guy that's just more fundamentally sound you know Patrick Mahomes is this guy that kind of does it his own unique way Joe Burrow is the picture perfect what every quarterback coach would want in a quarterback because he just does everything so fundamentally sound which means that Joe Burrow doesn't have very much range in his games, right? You never see Joe Burrow have just a miserable game. A bad game for Joe Burrow is still pretty good by most people's standpoints. So um, I think really the key to this game is going to be more on the other side of the ball and what Patrick Mahomes can do against this Bengal defense because the Bengal defense in the last three games against Kansas City All Bengal wins. They have held Kansas City to just six total points in the fourth quarter. Kansas City's offense has not made good second-half adjustments against the Bengals in these matchups. They've all been close games, but they've all been games that Kansas City had and kind of let slip away. So it'll be interesting to see if we see that this weekend. I honestly have no great feeling on this one. I wouldn't put a lot of money on either side of this one. For one reason, it's, it's a good line right now. And two you really don't know exactly what you're going to get from Patrick Mahomes. So this is not one that I'm putting the life savings on this weekend. I'm just going to sit back and watch it.
0: How physical is this NFC championship game going to be? <laughs> Philadelphia $1.67 with Tabs. San Francisco $2.20. Again, the Lions two and a half. Eagles the minus here at home. Who do you fancy, Dick?
3: I'm sticking with the Niners, guys. I mean, I know that... Brock Purdy would defy all odds in reaching the Super Bowl. We haven't seen it before. A rookie quarterback making the Super Bowl, particularly a rookie quarterback that was the last person drafted. But they have found a way with that offense to let Brock Purdy only do what he is able to do. They never ask Brock Purdy to do too much. And the rest of that offense with George Kittle, I mean, just making some magical catches in that game this weekend against Dallas uh, with Debo Samuel both out of the backfield as a running back as well as a wide receiver. And then adding Christian McCaffrey This team, guys, really reminds me of my Seahawks back in 2013 when they won the Super Bowl. They had a really young quarterback in Russell Wilson, an unheralded guy. Wasn't the last pick in the draft, but he was a third-round pick. Russell Wilson was not a high draft pick. He was a guy that they just kind of found, and he just worked perfectly. Now, Russell had a year under his belt in 2012 um, before he won the Super Bowl in 2013, But, you know, you've got the pounding running game that the Seahawks had in Marshawn Lynch. You've got, uh, you know, the defense that is just as good a defense that I've seen in the NFL since then. I mean, I know I'm underselling the Eagles a little bit, and I shouldn't be because they've had an unbelievable year. But I am in awe when I watch that San Francisco 49ers team uh, play defense. They hit at a different level than any team that I've seen in years. And uh, I just want to see if Jalen Hurts... Can handle that. I think it'll be a great game. I think it'll be a lower scoring game. But I do like San Francisco in this. And San Francisco is the outsider amongst the four teams to win the Super Bowl. I think it's like plus 300 or plus 350. That's where I'm personally putting my money on the San Francisco 49ers. And uh, as long as Brock Purdy does not make any fatal mistakes like Dak Prescott did last week... I think uh, I think San Francisco wins despite uh, you know being on the road in Philadelphia it's going to be a great game.
2: Just on that then Dick like Cole Shanahan and I know he hasn't won you know a Super Bowl and um you know there's there's been plenty of other uh, coaches that have won Super Bowls and you know, multiple Super Bowls but in terms of what he's been able to do Over a period of time since he's been in charge of San Francisco. And he's gone through some drama with quarterbacks along the way. And he's, you know, using his third stringer here. Where where does he rate?
3: Well, he is rising up the rankings. We actually had uh, just about that same uh, argument or, or debate yesterday on, on my radio show, and we kind of compared him to, to Pete Carroll. And, uh, and who would you rather have right now, Kyle Shanahan or Pete Carroll? And, you know, Kyle Shanahan is still a young man. I mean, he is 43 years of age. Uh, he's learned from some very bad mistakes in the past, like when he was offensive coordinator of the Atlanta Falcons. He was the author Uh, of the greatest Super Bowl comeback in history when Tom Brady uh, was able to come back and largely because of the play calling by Atlanta. They just did not use the clock the way they needed to use the clock. They threw too many passes, allowed uh, Tampa Bay to come back in that game. Uh, He also lost a 10-point lead in the Super Bowl to Patrick Mahomes in the fourth quarter. So he's got some black marks. There's no question about it, but He has been unbelievable in how he's been able to, no matter who the quarterback is, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo or Brock Purdy, neither one of them extremely talented quarterbacks, he has been able to get the most out of them and still be one of the best offenses in the NFL despite an elite quarterback. And that really says something about Kyle Shanahan.
0: So just before you go, Dick, so San Francisco to play who in the Super Bowl, Cincinnati
3: or Kansas City? Wow, man. My... I should take Cincinnati. Okay. I should, but I'm not going to. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to take I'm going to take Mahomes one more time before that contract gets uh gets too problematic and uh, and say that kansas city gets there uh, against san francisco but my two favorite bets are, are san francisco and i also like the under on that san francisco philadelphia game i think it's going to be uh, you know kind of a similar slog to what we saw san francisco dallas be because everybody came in saying well look at san francisco's offense look at dallas's offense you know this is going to be a game in the in the mid to high 40s and what was it it was 19 to 12 or whatever so i i see both of these teams you know kind of keeping it in the low 20s so we finish under that uh, under that total i'm not was it was at about 46 something like that yeah, right now 45
0: and a half at the moment okay
3: yeah i mean wait till it goes you might get to you might tick up a, a number to 46 46 and a half if you get that then that's even better value thanks so much mate all right, gentlemen, we'll talk to you next
0: week. Overnight, uh, Australia's Diamonds in the netball. They beat South Africa 65-48 to 48 in their final pool match of their quad series over there in South Africa. It means they'll play New Zealand in the final. Yesterday, pace uh, bowler Megan Schutt took five for 15 off her four overs there at North Sydney Oval as the Aussies beat Pakistan by eight wickets with 38 balls remaining in their first 2020 international. Uh, last night, in the Australian Open at the tennis, Stefanos Tsitsipas went through in straight sets against Yuri Lehechka. Uh, yesterday, Karen Kachanov defeated the 29th seed Sebastian Korda and he was up two sets to love and three love in the third set and Korda had to retire hurt with a wrist injury. In the women's quarterfinals yesterday, Victoria Azarenka beat Jessica Pagula 6-4, 6-1. So the two-time champ through to the final four as is Lena Rybakina, the Wibbledon champion. She beat the 17th seed, Yelena Ostapenko, 6-2, 6-4. And uh, we'll speak to Roger Rashid uh, in about an hour's time this morning. And to speak to Paul Gow just after 7 o'clock this morning. Of course, with Australia Day being tomorrow, we're off and we will be back on Friday. Just uh, some disturbing news to yesterday came to light in regards to the NBL. And uh, thoughts are certainly with. Brisbane Bullets big man, Harry Froling, who had emergency surgery after he suffered a fractured skull in an alleged one-punch attack in Wollongong in the early hours of Monday morning. Now, police are continuing investigations there, but a 19-year-old has been arrested in relation to that incident. So the 24-year-old Froling, he's going to, of course, miss the rest of the season, but uh, let's just hope he makes a full recovery from what is a very, very nasty incident Indeed. Uh, Just some NRL signing news over the last 24 hours. The Tigers issued a statement yesterday confirming that Brandon Wakeham is joining from Canterbury on a one-year deal. So he's set to provide backup to their halves there, Adam Dewey and Luke Brooks. Of course, Jackson Hastings has gone to Newcastle. And Jock Madden was another backup half there at the Tigers. He's now in Brisbane. Uh, The Dragons announced that Prop Blake Laurie has re-signed until the end of 2026. And at Souths, they've extended utility forward Saliva Havili until at least the end of 2025. So some signings being done there, Loz.
2: Yeah, I think Havili's a good signing for South. He gives them um, you know, some backup as a hooker, uh, but also he can play in the back row. So he's a good player to have on the interchange bench. Blake Laurie from the Dragons re-signing for another three years. He's been a steady front row for them now for... Uh, a few years, but he's... Uh, oh, Dragons, I don't know about their roster this year. Mm. Uh, you know, i just really worried. I hope they get away to a good start. I think that's one of the reasons... Well, there's a couple of reasons. I, th- I think they're playing that trial uh, this weekend against Manly is the fact that, you know, they know they're under a bit of pressure. They want to start well. And the fact that they've got buys early, both Manly and the Dragons have got buys in rounds one and two. So... Um, I think that's a big part of why they're playing this in-house trial this weekend where other teams are arresting their players. But I think the Dragons have to what, get away to a, oh, a good
0: start. They need everything to go right Oh, early. They and, need to keep they... their best
2: players on the field, don't suffer too many injuries, and hopefully Ben Hunt can replicate what he did last year. Who's the first coach
1: sacked this season? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm <laughs> saying you've oh, 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 got, four, you got five t- games. <laughs> uh, yeah. You've got round five. A coach is going to be Well, stuck. there's
2: a couple under pressure. There's a couple under pressure. Who's and the Anthony first Griffin to go. is under pressure. Justin Holbrook could be under pressure. Kevy's the interesting one. Yeah. Because I I just They need to start well. They got to, they, they have to start well. And you know, young Selwyn Cobos' comments Cough. that he made in that podcast late last year. I want to talk wasn't about great, that. but he did say that. You know, he was only mucking around, but I think with podcasts taken out of you, context, well,
0: please. Yeah, remind remind me what he okay. said. Okay, remind me. So, in a podcast, it was called uh, "The Back of the One Three Five Podcast." Late October, he said, "Kevy, he's a good bloke. Doesn't reckon he's a coach. The way he coaches is a bit weird." Was amongst his comments. Mm. Now, then, this all came to light. The Broncos issued a statement saying, "Oh, I was all taken out of context. Oh, I went back and read the con- I don't know which part could be taken out." Of did context. you hear the podcast? Like, did you actually I, hear yeah, it, yeah, or I, you're I reading? A couple I think of weeks you had to hear it, it rather
2: than read. Yeah. Okay. Uh, did you hear it? No, Sorry. I didn't. Okay. I've only read the comments. Yeah. But I reckon if you hear the comments, it could be different De- to or, how definitely. It's, it's written. like, correct. It's That's like correct. if you do well, an you interview. can't hear tone, like, can you? Well, you like, can't hear tone it's like an in an a interview. text. It's like in an interview. If someone said to me, um, uh, you know, like a, a journalist, just, just rung up and said, mate, um, Gerald Middleton, what's he like? And you go, yeah, he's okay. I don't mind, Middleton. Yeah. <laughs> the headline would be, yeah, it's... Daily Critical of Middleton. yeah, yep. correct. And then the words would be, oh, he's okay. Yeah, because you can't but and, it, and it looks like... I have really hammered you, but
4: mm. yeah. the way that you've
2: said it of is course. completely mm. different to how it's portrayed in the paper. Of course. Mm. Agree. But Agree. this came after well, how the perception Ty- is of when people read it in the paper. Tyson it's probably
0: better way. Gamble made some comments, remember as well. I think that was on a podcast as well last year, basically saying that, you know, the players well, he inferred the players sort of bypass Kevy and go to Adam Reynolds about footballing matters there at the club. So, and now he's had, obviously, Kevvy's had a lot of support yeah. since, like I saw on foxsports.com the other no day. That's different
2: because a lot of young players, what they tend to do, they feel more comfortable talking to senior players. So, so I don't have an issue with that. And when you've got someone like an Adam Reynolds in your team, of course you'd be going to him all the time and asking him questions. So you should be. Because young players feel more comfortable talking to their teammate, rather than going in, knocking on the coach's door. Not everyone feels comfortable and and strong enough to go and sit down with a coach and say, mate, let me know where you, where I'm going wrong. How can I improve? There'd be some guys that are very open to do, doing that and very comfortable in doing that. There's other guys that are very quiet, very shy, that just wouldn't go down that path. Now, those comments don't look good for, for Kevi, Um. Young Selwyn is very, very um, – uh, what's the best way to put this? He, he's, a, he's a very uh, strong-minded person, uh, but he's also very shy. Um, and again, if he's saying that he was taken out of context, that's what he's saying. But but what, what happens in these podcasts is you get nice and relaxed and you talk Definitely. like – what we'd we talk like it, if like we weren't on us air. Us
1: here, we think we're on the couch. Yeah. You know, and, <laughs> it gets and that's me in trouble every day. <laughs> you too, yeah. yeah, you do. You're comfortable oh. in your environment. Yeah. You're relaxed a bit. But again, uh, it's like, if, it, if, my, mates, if my mates that, heard yeah. what I
2: said about them on the phone at times, when I'm bagging them to other mates, <laughs> and they heard oh, 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 my God. it, they would go, mate, what did you say that for? Oh, but yeah. you, I'd say it to their face, yeah. but you always bag your mates. 100%. But, who's but it can the be taken first out coach sacked,
1: Mido? Who's your coach? You can only pick one. Oh gosh! Round five. So, so negative, but I'm going There's, Griffin.
0: Griffin. Yeah. There'll, oh, be, four, there'll be 4 sacked this year. Back to the initial point, four. though. Kevin, four sacked this year. The way that season ended at Brisbane last year, when they were what? They were fourth, weren't they? And then they, I remember they went to Parramatta oh, about got, six I, weeks I, left, and they got absolutely yeah. tanked. I think and they got never a good roster,
2: covered. the Broncos. Yeah. yeah they've got the, some of the most exciting young players in the game. They have. You got Reese Walsh. You've got Selwyn Cobbo. I reckon Farmworth's a good player. If Katoni C- Stags can yeah. reproduce his best, he suffered a shoulder injury, injury, I think. injury-free as well. He's had a Towards the end of last yeah. season. Yeah. Uh, then you've got Corey Oates on the other wing. Ezra Mann is the 5'8". You've got, what, Adam Reynolds is Reynolds the half. half. and then yeah, If got, he's fit as well. You know, you've got Flegley. You've got, they signed Marty to Power. You've got yeah, they're good. Carrigan. And Mate, they're compare good that side. to the Dragons or oh. the Dolphins yeah. that we spoke about yesterday. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So they're, they're so got a Kevies team that should, should be playing. Kevy should
1: be, but we, what comes with that as well, Liza, is more expectation. Yeah, you know, if Kevy finishes b- bottom half, yeah, he's under more pressure than let's say if uh, the the Tigers or the Dragons or Dolphins. Yeah, you know, there's minimal expectation there. Yeah, where Broncos, are, I reckon, a lot different. It seems like up in Brisbane, that team just has to be in the top eight; otherwise, they're not. They're not
2: happy. Yeah, I think that's the problem. Yeah, well, no, not the problem because everyone is very optimistic at the start of the season. You yeah. always think your team's a chance. You always, but if you got that training if you harder, you're bigger, faster, stronger. If You have got that stock, but when there you should just, be expectation yeah, when you when you look at that team, the Broncos team, you go, yep, that's a team that should be playing finals footy. Mm.
0: Uh, on the text line, fellas, I've heard the Cobo podcast. It is not taken out of context. He straight up said he isn't a good coach here at the night. Pong man <laughs> for Daly M says Jaden from North Brisbane. How, 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 many, how many
1: times have you? said something in a, a press conference or an interview, and you can just feel your hands trying to pull that back, like, oh, put that back yeah. in my mouth. I didn't mean to say that. Give me that back. And you just know at the time. Oh, no. Mate, I used to go to your press conferences. Like, like, you said nothing. You gave zero. Oh, yeah. My God. Zero. I'll tell you what I did, dude. Give you a serve. <laughs> so, mate, you asked me the same question <laughs> oh, yesterday. You grump. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you
0: <laughs> Why grump. so angry? Why <laughs> <Yeah>. so angry? <laughs> No, do I seriously have to go to Clark's press conference? Oh, again? mate, anyway. don't worry. I, really, I, I wanted to be there, didn't I? I'm not really?
2: doing a press conference if he's there. Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that a Mido bloke there again? You go and tell him oh. I'm not doing the press conference if he asks me a this? question. I, don't think I, I, I wanted to kick
1: a number of journos out, but I don't think I ever had that pull.
2: I never could go to their media I oh, always say, to say the media I don't, oh, I don't want him here. I don't want him here. I want him gone. Or tell him not ask me a question. <laughs> It'll be embarrassing for him. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. I won't answer. <laughs> uh, oh god! Oh, I got yeah. some
0: uh, news, fellas. Oh, yes. uh, we love news. Yeah. Well. Well. It's, we congratulations, not really mate. News. <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> well, no. to all of us because the Big Sports no. Breakfast Lunch it's back again. Are we on? Yes, Friday, February twenty-four. So what's that? Basically, four weeks this Friday. Uh, so the venue. The venue's change.
1: Feb 24. Is this compulsory for yes, us? Yes,
0: it is. We have to go. Yes, you have to go. No, no, Wilbur. Is this yeah. optional? Oh, Feb so, 24. Should we have a no phones day? Anyway, Feb um, we have yes. A, so, yes, no phones day. I like this it. This will be hosted. Now, it's changing in venue. So, it's going on, to be... And how do I commentate? I well, can't go away and commentate then. It's going to be at the new... Forty-six point six million wing stand there at Raw Ramwick, so at the Australian oh, yeah. Turf Club at Ramwick, the wink stand. So uh, we'll have a panel. We're still finalising. Well, a heap of guest speakers, of course.
1: Is blocker going? And
0: the tickets go on sale today via the ATC's website. So the ATC website. So just keep an eye on that, and all BSB socials, and also Sky Racing websites as well. Will be where you can get. Tickets for the big sports breakfast lunch.
1: I'm only going if Blocker's going.
0: Ah, oh, Blocker block will, will be there. Right front and centre.
2: Radio. Right then, no matter where I am, I'm coming back for it. Looking forward to the lunch minute. It'll be great. At the Winks stand. Ooh, I've never been to the Winks no, stand. either.
0: No, I haven't. No. no. It's down the, what? Southern? Southern end, yeah. Southern end, yeah. Yeah. Looks superb. Everyone says it's schmick. Oh, that's good then, uh, well, we've Obviously, 24th. you're hosting.
1: What day of the week is that? Did you say what day Friday. Of the Friday.
0: Friday. Oh, monster yeah. then. Look out. I've got a wedding oh. the next day. Adam Pegilly, good morning to
4: you. Morning, Jared. Morning, boys. I think you're right about that lunch, Jared. We, we need a bucket. And when everyone walks in the room, put your phones in. They mm. go away for the afternoon. And we can oh, have some fun. Please. I have been to a lunch like that before, where you do pan the phone in. I've
1: never been to a lunch. I've been to a dinner. There's a restaurant mm-hmm. in the city mm-hmm. where, as you sit at your table, they take your phones off you and like lock it. them up. I love it. Like it Can all. Can we not have that like every day? Before you leave your house, you got to lock your phone in the house. Provided your company's all right. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. It's a, short, it's a short date.
0: It's a short dinner. Wouldn't want to be a blind date. It goes wrong. Anyway.
1: Uh, entrees only, then. Have a good night.
0: <laughs> the expressway, so they extended the noms and uh, they got a response.
4: Oh, this is ridiculous, isn't it, Jared? Like, we're, on, we're on the show yesterday talking about only four horses nominating for a group two, which is unofficially, I suppose, the start of the Autumn Carnival in Sydney, the first time we've had group racing back in back in town heading up towards the autumn. And an extra 24 hours, we've got 18 nominations now. Can you believe it? 18 nominations. So everyone's come out of the woodwork in the last 24 hours. All these horses have nominated extra nominations. So I don't know what the final field's going to look like. A little bit later this morning when it's finally drawn, but I think there was a lot of trainers thinking they could pick up some money, some decent prize money for running fifth or sixth or seventh, and now we're going to be oversubscribed. So, um, yeah, incredible, isn't it? We're going to have a, probably a, a, the biggest field we've seen in the expressway for seven or eight years now, which is uh, quite remarkable given what we are talking about yesterday morning.
2: I see this Godolphin Colt Barber is going to be set for the Blue Diamond.
4: Yeah, that's right, Loz. Uh, obviously, he didn't trial there earlier this week, and there was a chance he's going to run in the Canterbury Stakes and go head-to-head with King's Gambit. But I think James Cummings is going to... Well, he's been thinking long and hard about this. He's going to send Barber down to Melbourne to run in the Blue Diamond Prelude and then get him ready, potentially, for the Blue Diamond down there, which is the first Group 1 of the two-year-old season. So I don't think we're going to see him in Sydney in the next sort of five or six weeks. And uh, whether he's still around and still racing well enough to warrant heading towards the Golden Slipper... We'll have to wait and see. But given he's a horse that's high up in Golden supermarkets, I think he was second favourite behind King's Gambit earlier this week, at least anyway. Uh, we won't be seeing him running any of the traditional lead-ups and probably heading to Melbourne. And Godolphin, to be fair, Loz, have got a pretty good record in the Blue Diamond. They've won it in recent years with Dormier. Obviously, Lyre, I think going back probably eight or nine years ago, Earthquake won that race. So it always has been a really good launching place for Godolphin and their two-year-olds. But uh, I would have thought there was a chance that Barber would stay in Sydney and concentrate on the Golden super But no, Godolphin's going to send him to Melbourne and he'll be, uh, he'll be targeted at the Blue Diamonds.
0: Uh, what's the latest in a potential move of the Cox Plate?
4: Yeah, Ben Dorries is reporting this morning in the News Corp Publications, Jared, that Mooney Valley has virtually been given this carrot to potentially move the Cox Plate. They'll get the All-Star Mile for consecutive years, maybe three or four years in a row. So you can see that Racy Victoria is throwing absolutely everything at this move to try and get this Cox Plate to, to move later into November at the end of the Flemington Carnival. Um, I'm not quite sure how the VRC or the MIC are gonna feel about that, having the all star mile potentially go to one particular home for a few years, given that it's initially started by moving around the different race clubs. So we've seen it run at Flemington, we've seen it run at caulfield we've seen it run at Mooney Valley and it's been on a rotational basis, but I don't know if this is gonna go through or not, but certainly it just goes to show that Racing Victoria is desperately keen to try and move this Cox plate and get it back in the calendar. So we'll wait and see how it plays out. But uh yeah, I think there's been plenty of carrots being dangled in front of the uh, Mooney Valley at the moment. Try and move that cox plate.
2: What about oh, tomorrow? Yeah, they've moved the Warwick Farm race meeting to tomorrow. Do you, do you like anything there?
4: Yeah, the Australia Day meeting. so sort I of try and find a winner there tomorrow rather than today. Uh, race four, number eight, Bitcoin Baby is my value of play on the program. She's been racing great in great style. This preparation, she beat John O'Shea's horses. Going to start a very short price favourite in this race, to two back. And then went well in Saturday grade behind Curroy, Oh, last start, I thought. I know John O'Shea's horse went up to Queensland and won very stylishly, but I just think the discrepancy in the market is just way, way too big as it stands at the moment. So I'm happy to have a small flutter on her. Race four, number eight, Bitcoin Baby, the value play at Warwick Farm there tomorrow.
0: Oh, $13 the win, 3.10 the place at the moment with Tabby's Bitcoin Baby. Uh, we'll chat to you Friday, mate. Have a good day. Oh, what a tough week for you, blokes! Having a public
4: holiday in your first week. It's back not our Thursday, fault. <laughs> we offered to you work. Planned to, you planned to come back this week, didn't you? It's a nice little solid week back, and then enjoy your straight day tomorrow, boys. And we'll we'll chat on Friday.
0: Good on you. Mate. Good on you, mate.